I want to talk this morning about the spirit and the power of Elijah. And I believe we're living in a day where we need to see the spirit and the power of Elijah come on us to speak truth boldly to powers that be. And I'm going to be reading not out of Elijah, but out of Malachi, actually. So if you would turn to the prophet Malachi, page 704. And depending on where you have, you know, because um, some versions have four chapters in Malachi, I believe. And, well, this is actually out of the... Um, tree of life and it's actually we're going to start reading from Malachi chapter 3 verse 19 to the end of the chapter to the end of the book in Malachi anybody know what that word Malachi what the name means it means messenger or an angel messenger it's the last he is the last of Judah's prophets in most of your Bibles, Malachi is the last book in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament. Not so much in, in the Tree of Life, but he's one of the last prophets of Judah. And his message is very, very similar to Elijah. Basically, it's return to God, repent of, of your lackluster service to him, because you are loved, you are valued, and you are not forgotten by God. It was a very hard time for Israel. They had turned away from God. And not unlike today, there's been a turning away from the ways of God. And, and Malachi and the other prophets saying, Israel... Come back. Come back. And I want to talk today in, 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 in about Elijah, but also talk about spiritual fathers and mothers. Anybody ever have any spiritual fathers and mothers in your lives that really spoke into us? I, I know I, I did, and I'm so thankful for them. And, of course, this is our greatest tutor. This is our greatest mentor is the Word of God. And, and the words that's written by men inspired by God, our spiritual fathers in a way. But starting in verse 19 of Malachi 3. For behold, the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace when all the proud and every evildoer will become stubble. The day that is coming will set them ablaze, says Adonai Tzavahot, leaving them neither root nor branch. Pretty Stiff word coming to the people of Israel. Guys, these days are coming about. Verse 20, but for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Then you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. You will trample on the wicked for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I am making says Adonai Tsevaot. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. Remember the Torah of Moses, my servant, whom I commanded at Horeb, statutes and ordinances for all Israel. We heard today 
you know, passages of Torah that we might just skip through because, well, you know, it's just talking about measurements and dimensions and, and it's kind of boring. And, but read it. It is from the Lord. It is from his mouth. It's life to us. Remember the Torah of Moses, my servant whom I commanded at Horeb, statutes and ordinances for all Israel. And this is the verses I want. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of Adonai. And you know, since the days of Malachi, that's when our Jewish people at the Passover table would set the table for Elijah. That's when it would start. When they, with the prophet Malachi, he said, before the day of the Lord, Elijah will come. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Else I will come and strike the land with utter destruction. Have we heeded our spiritual fathers in our generation? And there's been a lot of spiritual fathers that have spoken, spoken truth and and we just kind of blow it off. You know, the scriptures say if you don't heed your fathers and your mothers, there's, there's a curse that goes along with that. You know that. There's a curse. But what we're reading here, if we do heed our fathers, our spiritual fathers, our, our physical fathers and mothers, there's long life and there's, there's blessing. But also when we heed our spiritual fathers and mothers, there's a blessing that goes along with it. But if you don't, there's a curse that goes along with that. And you know what? Our generation, we are called to be generational curse breakers. And we've talked about this in the past. And I'm not going to get into a teaching of that today. But we can look at our family pasts. We can even look at ourselves. We can look at our children and we see patterns. And we love the good patterns that we see. Oh, he's just like chip off the old block. He's just like me. But then we also see some things that we go, you know, man, wow, where'd that come from? Generational things. And when the Father shows us these things, we can break those curses so that there's a blessing for a thousand generations on our children and our grandchildren. We can do that. We can do that. Do we believe the word of God? Do we really, really believe the word of God? And I believe today God is awakening. And this is why the worship is all about awaken, bride, awaken to who he is. Awaken and believe and not just believe, but, but pledge our allegiance to the word of God and to the lamb who sits on the throne. He's preparing to come back, back again. I believe we've been in a time of grace. I remember Paul Wilbers in, in 2016 in 2016, he spoke and he said, there's a time of grace for seven years. I don't know if anybody else remembers hearing that. To yield to his cleansing. And we're in the fifth year of that. If you go back 2016, we're in the fifth year of that. I see Paul as a spiritual father to me. He's a spiritual father in some ways, many ways to this congregation. And I know he is to Gateway of Mount Zion. And he spoke this, and I take that seriously, that God is in the process of healing and bringing cleansing to his bride so that we don't have to experience what, Joel, what Malachi talks about in the scriptures here. The voice of Elijah is speaking today to our generation. Repent. Return to him. Deal with the idolatry. Deal with the apathy. Deal with the corruption starting in the house of God. 
starting in our family, starting in us, starting in us. And there's also going to be, and Malachi talks about this, a restoration of the families. Fathers to sons, sons to fathers. Mothers to daughters, daughters to mothers. And also to heed the words of our spiritual parents. Exodus 20, verse 12. God says through Moses, honor your father. This is the fifth word, the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long upon the earth, upon the land, which Adonai your God is giving you. That's the fifth commandment. And Yeshua speaks these words, says it a little differently in Matthew 15, 4. He says, God said, for the father says, honor your father and mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. There's something about gleaning from our previous generations that God takes very, very seriously. If we do heed the previous generations, there's blessing that goes along with it. There's long life. And if not, death. Are we ignoring our fathers to this generation? Isaiah also talks and warns about ignoring, ignoring the words of the fathers from the past. He speaks about this in Isaiah 57, verse 1 through 3. It says, the righteous one perishes, but no one takes it to heart. Godly men are taken away, but no one discerns that the righteous man is taken from evil. He enters into shalom. They rest on their beds, each who walked in integrity. But as for you, come here, you children of a sorceress. Ooh, these are tough words. Offspring of an adulterer and a prostitute. Wow. We have many spiritual fathers who have spoken to us over the, over the years. And they've spoken things about where we're at today. Spiritual fathers who are no longer with us. I'm going I'm to quote a few of them today. And it's not to beat up on us. I've sensed from, for a while that God is cleansing his bride because he wants to pour his glory upon us. I want his glory. I want his presence more than anything else. Can you agree to that? Well, if we want his glory, we want his presence, then he wants us to get rid of the things that we've been walking with. He says, it's time for cleansing. It's time now for the body of Messiah, for cleansing. He's cleansing his ecclesia so we can receive his glory and more of it. The quote from Bill Bright, back in the 90s, Bill Bright is with the Lord now. What was the ministry that he started? Was it Young Life or um, Campus, Crusade. Campus Crusade? Campus Crusade. But this is out of his book, The Coming Revival. And he said, quote, God has given ancient Israel as an example of what will happen to us without revival. And this statement really stuck out to me. God does not tolerate sin. He didn't with Israel. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He doesn't tolerate sin. He loves us. Yes, when we forgive our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. But he doesn't want us, he doesn't want us to tolerate sin in our lives. And the scriptures are replendent. They're full of examples of Israel to us. God puts what happens to Israel, his promises to Israel, and his blessings. Read Deuteronomy 28. All the blessings if Israel would just obey and com- his commandments. But then it goes on and says, if you don't, these are the things that are come after you. And we see throughout the scriptures what happened to Israel. It's an example for us to see and to look and say, we don't want to walk in that way. Or yes, we do want to walk in that way. David Wilkerson, who I had the privilege of, of seeing uh, just shortly before he passed away, Psalm in Israel, David Wilkerson, quote, the final, there's going to be a final call to repentance just prior to the great judgment. And this is from his book, America's Last Call. Without a return of the church to, repent, to true repentance, fasting, and prayer, economic and social collapse is coming. Not a prophetic word, but God's word I've discerned from Scripture that, is, that God is dealing with America in the same way he has dealt with other nations who have forsaken him. He works the same in every generation because he is just. That's who he is. He's just. We need to realize the critical hour that we're in, the transitional hour that we are in. These are words from our spiritual fathers. You see, there tends to be a propensity in us as human beings to reject the wisdom of our fathers, of our the previous generations. I know when I was 17, I knew more than my mom and dad. I knew everything. And I, was, I knew more than them. Anybody else identify with that? You knew more than them. And then by the time you're 30, you're like, man, I didn't know nothing. I wish I'd have listened to them a little bit more. We think we know better because, oh, man, we've got more education. You know, I'm the first one in my, in my family to, to graduate college, to university. My dad had, a, I think, an eighth grade education. Mom graduated high school. But boy, I knew more than them, and I found out, you know what, I really didn't. See, we think we know more because we have more knowledge. We have more technology. But yeah, you know what, we've forgotten so many things. We don't have an understanding today. I'm a, I'm a history guy. I love history. I love reading about history because if we don't understand history, we will, we're, we're bound to repeat it. And I want us as people to understand history. And this is the greatest history book of all. We can learn from this so that we don't fall into the same mistakes. You see, most of Israel's leaders and most of what I see today is not like what I see between Moses and Joshua. There was a transition of generations there that we need to look at. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says, So the Lord spoke with Moses face to face. As a man speaks with his friend, then he would return to the camp and basically share what God had spoken. But, I love this verse right here, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not leave the tent. He went with Moses, stayed with him, listened to Moses talking to God, listened to God talking to Moses. He was a witness to it. 
And when Moses would go down to, to tell the people what God had said, Joshua loved the presence of the Lord and stayed there. He learned from his mentor, Joshua. But most of us aren't like that. We kind of like, now nah, I'll, I'll do my own thing. You know, in, in the history of Israel, three-fourths, three-quarters of Israel and Judah's kings failed to follow their fathers. In other words, the transition, and three-fourths of them, three out of four, would not follow the ways of their father. Their father, they did, he did good in the sight of the Lord. And then the son, was, he, did, he did not follow the ways of his father, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Three-fourths of the time. Judah failed, Israel failed, and there's the same, it's interesting because the same correlation we see in the parable of the sower. I'm going to read these verses in, in Matthew chapter nine, uh, 13, 1 through 9. And you tell me at the end of these verses, what is the ratio? Okay? I think you already know that. On that same day, Yeshua left the house. He was sitting by the sea. He was, he was sitting by the sea. And the large crowds gathered around him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the shore. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to spread some seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell by the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil. They sprang up immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched, and because they had no, no roots, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew and choked them out. We see a lot of that today. But others fell on good soil and were producing a fruit. They yielded a crop, some a hundred, hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So what's the percentage of the seed that fell on the good soil? What is it? One out of four. Same thing with the transition of leadership, fathers to sons. But today there's a sound of a trumpet. There is a sound of a trumpet. And I want to read this quote from Billy Graham. This is from his uh, a letter entitled, My Heart Aches for America. Maybe some of you have read this before or heard this. But I want to read from, from that letter. Some years ago, my wife Ruth was reading the draft of a book I was writing. When she, she finished a section describing the terrible downward spiral of our nation's moral standards and the idolatry of worshiping false gods such as technology and sex, she startled me by exclaiming, if God doesn't punish America, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Millions of babies have been aborted, and our nation seems largely unconcerned. Self-centered indulgence, pride, and a lack of shame over sin are now emblems of the American lifestyle. Our society strives to avoid any possibility of offending anyone except God. My heart aches for America and its deceived people. You know, Billy Graham, his heart for this nation, his heart to see people 
hear the gospel and seeing and saying, wow, this nation needs to wake up. And since he wrote that letter, that was, I think, in 2012. It was a long time, quite a while ago. We've only gone further into the abyss. Jeremiah 4. This may sound like a downer of a message, but it's, it's good. It'll get better. Just, just hang in there. But I think we need to, to see what's going on around us and, and realize that the days that we're living in, are, we can look back in the scriptures and say, you know what? It was happening to Israel back in those days too. In Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 16. Remind the nations. Proclaim over Jerusalem. Besiegers are soon coming from a far country, raising their voices against the cities of Judah. Like keepers of the field, they surround her because she has been rebellious against me. God, God is saying through Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is crying, you guys have been rebelling against God. Don't do that. There's going to be trouble that's coming. It's on, it's on the horizon. Your conduct, your conduct and your deeds have brought these, these things on you. This is your calamity. How bitter it is. How it smites your heart. My stomach, my stomach. I wreathe in anguish. The pain of my heart. My heart is pounding within me. I cannot keep silent because I have heard, O oh my soul, the sound of the shofar, the battle cry of war. Disaster on disaster is reported. So the whole land is ruined. And I want us to hear the sound of the shofar that is being blown today. It's the teruah. The teruah, which is an alarm sound. It's a call to war. The call to war. Jeremiah, he's, he's weeping over Israel. He's known as the weeping prophet. Where is the passionate wailing of the intercessor today for this nation? You know, we went out every week before the elections. And we need to start going out again even after the elections. We need to go out to the Capitol and start declaring and praying and weeping over this nation, over where we've gone. We need to go back out and start doing that again. We're in a war, a, a war for the soul of this nation. We are. Let me give you a few stats to Bear this out. 5% of the people born since 1984, basically the millennial generation, 5% are involved in any kind of spiritual activity today. 5%. I just heard this this last week, and it's it's our kids in in grade school are, are being taught in elementary school that the BLM belief to, quote, disrupt the nuclear family is good and it's a necessary thing for this nation. They're being taught that in the fifth grade, in the sixth grade. One third of our young people are living in homes without a father, without any kind of fatherly presence there. Pornography in homes is at epidemic proportions where our daughters are being raised to marry porn-addicted men who haven't been fathered. And it continues cycle after cycle after cycle. 
That's why God is saying, be a generational curse breaker. Break those things off so they don't continue any longer. And we have the authority, and each of us is the authority to do that. There's a call in the land for the fathers to be priests of their home. And you might say, well, I don't have any children living at home. My children are all grown. They're all on their own. We might have grandchildren. They may not live in our homes, but still we have a priestly responsibility over our children to pray for them and, and, to, and to speak life into them. And I love when Millie goes to our grandchildren and he, Life choices. Make life choices all the time until, you know, if you go to a Brandon and Michael and you say, so what are you, what are you, you know, what is, what is Nani always telling you? Make life choices. Make life choices. Keep on doing that. We have a responsibility to that generation. We do. Set an example for them in our own lifestyle. If we're engaged in things that we oughtn't, should not be engaged in pornography or whatever it is, anger, outbursts, whatever it is, deal with those in your life because you are an example to your kids and to your grandkids. Set an example for them. Yeshua, in Matthew chapter 11, if you turn there, he speaks to the children of Israel about the spiritual fathers and the prophets. This is what he says for all the prophets. This is verse, starting in verse 13. For all the prophets in the Torah, they prophesied until the time of John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is coming, who has come. He who has ears, let him hear. But what do I sh But what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who called to one another, one another saying, we played the, the flute for you, but you did not dance. We walked, we wailed, but you did not mourn. Yeshua is saying, I'm going to send prophets. The Father is sending prophets like John, like Elijah, to bring a message of love, but also to bring a message of come back to the Father. Come back from where you were. We see that message played out in Isaiah. It's a different in Isaiah chapter 60. He says, arise and shine for your light has come. He's speaking prophetically over the children of Israel. The glory of the Lord has risen on you. Darkness covers the earth, but Adonai and his glory will appear over you. Do you believe that? But here what we're seeing is that, see, some people don't understand the dirge and the, and the, um, the flute and, and all of that. When a dirge was played, it was a call to repentance. So when Jeremiah would preach to the people of Israel, it was a dirge. It was a call to repentance. When the flute was played, it's something else. It's a call to revival. Isaiah is play, playing the flute. Revival is coming. Revival is coming. The glory of the Lord is coming upon you. This is a time for us to wake up. And I'm going to conclude the, the message here. So, Wendy, if you would get ready as we close this message. And Joel, he's another one of the, the minor prophets who has such a, a message for Israel and such a message for us today. In Joel chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Hear this, elders. Some of us can look at our gray hair and say, yeah, I guess that fits me. I'm an elder. 
Hear this, elders. Give ear all inhabitants of the land. Has this ever happened in your days or even in the days of your fathers? In other words, he's prophesying also utter destruction, fire, and locusts like you've never experienced before. Total, utter destruction is, is going to be coming on the land. Verse 14, Joel 1.14. Consecrate a fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather elders and all the living in the Lord in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry to Adonai. Ah, the day, the day of Adonai is near. As havoc from Shaddai, it will come. He's saying, look, these things are going to happen, but there's hope. Repent, turn to him. Call for a sacred assembly. He's calling for fasting and prayer. And I'm going to close the message today asking us to enter into something over these next days. How are we to stand in the midst of the crisis that we are in today? This nation is in crisis. Do you agree? How are we to stand in the midst of the crisis? And I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm talking about global economic distress all over the world. So many things are happening. We're seeing, it just seems like evil is on the rise. Even anti-Semitism is rising. So how are we to stand in the midst of this? First of all, we need to recognize this is a life and death struggle that we're in the midst of. God is saying to his bride, no longer fun and games. That doesn't mean we're not allowed to laugh or to have fun or to enjoy. We are. But we also need to know that the time that we're living in, it's serious. It's a life and death struggle that we are in today. I was reminded of that when, when Rush passed away. He's one of the voices for the last 30 years of what's going on in society. And guess what? He's gone. So many other voices. Think about that. So many other voices we've heard taken out. And I would say even before their time. God is calling us to Shema, to hear correctly, to hear correctly. There's a lot of voices out there that we need to turn off. A lot of noise. And we need to begin to listen to the fathers. We need to begin to listen to the words that were to Israel and the prophets from a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to start listening to the spiritual fathers who've spoken over this generation today. Turn off all the noise. We need to be able to discern events correctly, just like to be the, the sons of Issachar, who, know, who knew the times, but also what to do. For the last several months, I've just saying, God, I see what's happening I'm hearing all kinds of voices, but Lord, what are the strategies that you are calling us to live by? How are we to live and not just survive, but be victorious in these days? God is coming back to a victorious bride. 
Yeshua is coming back to a victorious church, Ecclesia. Which tree are we living out of? There's a lot of knowledge out there. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of evil out there. Are we living out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or are we just living out of the source from God himself, the tree of life? Yeshua is the tree of life. And guess what? The tree of life is planted in our hearts if we'd only listen to him. Discern events correctly. And our response, and I believe that God is calling us into an intense time of prayer, and humility and fasting. Yes, I believe he's calling us into a fast. The Esther fast, Esther, the, the Feast of Purim is coming up on Thursday. And I'm asking you to join with us and ask the Lord how you're to be part of this, to call a fast. Some are starting tomorrow night, some are starting on Monday, but I would consecrate a three-day fast. You know, Yeshua talks about fasting. Sometimes we think the only biblically mandated fast is Yom Kippur. But Yeshua says, talking about, remember the demon-possessed man and that, you know, yeah, that, that, that demon only comes out with prayer and fasting. And I think we're in a situation right now where we need prayer and fasting. So ask the Lord how you're to be part of this. And let me give you some points to be fasting and praying into. I, I don't like fasting, I'll be honest with you. I wish it was a discipline that was not in the scriptures. As you can tell, I like to eat. But fasting is a discipline that brings us into a place of intimacy and dependence upon the Ruach HaKodesh. Yes, accompanied with prayer, but denying yourself denying your flesh and saying, thank you, Lord. You are my bread. You are the bread of life come down from heaven. So here are some things that we can be praying and fasting into. First of all, breakthrough in our families. How many of you need a breakthrough in your families? Pray and fast for your families. Breakthrough for righteousness and justice in this nation. Fasting and prayer for this nation. Stand in the gap. We are called to be intercessors. You know, God's heart is, I was looking for somebody who would stand in the gap for me and I couldn't find anybody. This is where we need to say, Hineni, here am I. I will stand in the gap and pray for my family and for this nation. And here's the other thing I want us to pray for. This gets right into the fast of, of Esther. Is pray for the Jewish people. Pray for the Jewish people. You know, they are, many of them, many of them, Orthodox Jews, are crying out for a revelation of the Messiah in these days, these next few days. Yeah. Pardon? They're praying for his return. They're praying for his coming. We're praying for his return. And, and as they are in that place of fasting and praying for the Messiah, pray that their eyes would be open to see that he already came, died on a cross, shed his blood for them, for us. Be praying and fasting over these next three days. Would you stand with me?
I'm not one of those people who say, you need to do this. You need to fast. You need to fast. This is between you and the Lord. But I want you to go to the Lord. I'm asking you to go before the Lord and ask him how you are to join yourself in this time of prayer and fasting. Because it's not just us. There are people all over this nation, all over the world who are fasting and praying during these next crucial days. Ask him how you're to do that. And you know what? When we're fasting and praying, believe for breakthrough. Sometimes we we pray out of unbelief. Yeah, God, I know you can do this for Jan and you can do this for Sarah and you can even do this for Peter. Except I don't know how you can do it for Peter, but you do it for Peter. But Lord, I don't know if you can do this. This is, I don't know, it's too big for me. Anybody ever pray that way before? That's out of unbelief. God says, pray with faith. It's not in your ability, it's in his ability. It's his ability. So Father, in the name of Yeshua, I just, as we join ourselves to your purposes during this this intense time to pray, to see a breakthrough over our Jewish people, to see breakthroughs in our family, to see breakthroughs in this nation. Lord, we've seen breakdown. We need to see breakthrough. Lord, we even sang that today. Open wide your gates, Lord. Open wide your gates. So, Father, show us how that we are to participate with you today in this fast. 